Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WLG Discussion Lab Podcast, a platform initiated by Whaling Gallery, where we share insights and whole conversations surrounding contemporary art. Now that it's been 20 years, going on 21, 22, 23, you're quite the authority here when it comes to Malaysian contemporary art. Now here's a bit of a loaded question. How do you differentiate between wallpaper art and real art? You know, Sarah, well, thank you for saying that I can be an authority after 20 years. I mean, I, I think I might have earned those stripes. But anyway, you know, absolutely a loaded question. Um, but listen, so relevant and pertinent, I think, to where the Malaysian arts scene sits today. You know, um, I think, you know, uh, there's, so, there's so many people out there, I think laymen or people, you know, who, people who are interested in art, but very, very um, a bit filled with trepidation when it comes to sort of entering that art scene. Like, oh, I don't know where to start. Uh, all, and they think all art is created equally. One, one piece of art is equal, equal to the other. It's, I mean, yes, it, it could appear like a jungle. Honestly, you go in there, you just don't know what to expect, okay, for the, for the, the, for the layman, for the person who's not entered the art scene. And I understand that. Um, so when you talk about wallpaper and we talk about serious art, let's just address that question. If you see, you know, artists who are sort of um, creating very beautiful pictures, pictures, and I, actually I shouldn't even call them artists. Uh, maybe they're just people who make beautiful pictures. So let's reclassify, let's rephrase that. People who make colorful, colorful, pretty um, pictures. Um, without any basis for making those works or choosing those images or uh, how, I mean, if you look at that and you ask yourself, beyond just being a pretty picture, if there's no ideology or no, no sort of concept behind it and the artist cannot really back it up beyond saying, oh, I made it because it made me feel happy or it was um, something I I dreamt about. I mean, if it's, if it's a very sort of, waff, you know, sort of um, hollow sort of answer, um, then you really need to question, like, you know, how is this really art? How is this relevant to your life as an artist? How is it relevant to the times through which you live? How is this work going to be viewed in 30 to 50, 100 years from now? Is it going to stand the test of time? Are people going to look at this work of art and think, wow, I remember you know, this was a reflection of 2022, just after the pandemic. Or, do you know what I mean? It's, if, if, the, if an artwork is merely decoration, as I said, as you said, wallpaper, and I'm sorry, I, I don't, I can't look at that as, as being, as, I don't classify that as being real art. And a, a real artist, even if the work looks like wallpaper, but if they're able to sit down and talk you through the process that got them there, like, you know, how they arrived at this, this point in terms of concepts, in terms of, you know, if they can defend it, right? Then maybe there's something there. But if it's just merely decoration, it doesn't, doesn't hold water, honestly, you know? And I think there's a lot of that going around in Malaysia, sadly, you know? And I think collectors need to... Um, sit up, educate themselves, understand 
what exactly they're looking at when it comes to collecting real art by real artists who are going to withstand the test of time. While we're still on that vein of conversation, when you talk about collectors having to educate themselves in knowing how to collect, what to collect, how do they even begin? Let's just say a person wants to begin an art collection. Where does she or he go? What does he do? Who does he talk to? I think Sarah, you know, that that takes that's going to this that that is a whole conversation on its own. Um and actually if you go into one of our earlier podcasts on WLG podcasts, there is actually a uh, uh I think our first podcast it says it, 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 I think the title is um 10 questions to ask uh, a gallery if you're looking to start collecting and I think anyone who's interested should really go listen to that podcast because I I think I'm going to go on for hours <laughs> you ask me to, that's a whole class on its own <laughs> um but I think in a nutshell in a nutshell um really collectors should be going out there visiting serious galleries um talking to people in the industry um you know reading up reading up on on, on you know on on essays and you know by curators or they have you know they've been written going through books um listening to podcasts you know listening to podcasts and uh, you know learning you know um questions to ask you know trying to try to understand um the say for example if they if you're interested in okay just in a nutshell if you're interested in one artist say you like a particular artist's work okay what i always say to collectors is or would be collectors is ask to see earlier works by this particular artist why do i say that because when you see one body of work or one exhibition you will not really understand how that artist arrived at that point if you do not go to the beginning of their career that means you need to go to right to the beginning to understand how they started and to see their journey right and when i say a journey you the artist needs to have gone through ups and downs like in life life is never flat there are ups and downs in life and similarly in the in the career of an artist if you see that their journey has been flat meaning everything looks very similar to what has been made what is made today is similar to what they made 10 15 20 years ago then you have to question how has that been a journey was there a journey or did it start and end at the beginning So these are just this is just one of the the question one of the ways to ask but I would always say if you like the works of a particular artist ask to see how they started but also you should really they should, collectors would be collectors should really be talking to established galleries or you know um curators things like that people who have you know um uh, experience and then take the advice from them. That's a that's a wonderful opinion there and very very interesting. But also I'm quite I'm quite fascinated with this um 
with this concept of um, selling works for purely commercial reasons. That's not exactly why a gallery should come into existence. It's also about to help the artist grow. It's also about to help the artist grow as a person and to record. I think this is historical documentation here that we're talking about, which is very, very relevant. And you are known as a major proponent of bringing Malaysian contemporary art onto the world platform. And this is no joke. This is serious business for you. But there's also serious love. And you see a lot of that lacking um, in the current, I mean, in the local art industry. Do you, well, what are your thoughts about this? I can't speak for others, Sarah, honestly. Um, I think in terms of the way that we have, um, I mean, the trajectory for our gallery and what we've wanted to do in, in, the rep- in our representation of the artists that we work with, we've, almost, we've been quite single-minded about um, our objectives. And that, had, from the very beginning, that had been to provide a platform for Malaysian artists to have a voice, not just within Malaysia, but also an, on an international platform. And I think if, if one is to compete on that international art platform, the artists really need to be able to hold their own with the work that they're making and the reasons why they're making the, that work. You know, they have to be, they, they have to be rock solid. They have to be watertight, you know, um, in, in the way that they present themselves. Um, because once you go on an international platform and you represent the country, um, Again, going back to what I said from the very beginning, you're opening yourself up to any number of um, um, critics or um, points of view. And an artist, a serious artist, a genuine artist, a chosen artist, should be able to defend themselves on that platform. Um, The artists who um, are able are the ones that are able to sort of, as it it says, sort of compete on that level, you know. Thank you so much, Weiling, for that illuminating conversation. And that concludes our second part of our podcast sessions. And do tune in for our final part soon. And in the meantime, again, we welcome comments, queries and questions from audiences and we'd be happy to answer them as soon as possible. Thank you again for listening and for being with us and see you soon.